This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I am speaking with Nathan Gagne, who is, what is your current title now, Nathan? Officer in charge. Officer in charge at SUNY Empire State College. And I only ask that with a little twinkle in my eye just because I've known you for a little while and you've had several titles. So I'm gonna stop uh, or start uh, by asking you to give us a little background on yourself and um, and your, you know, you can go from before you were with uh, Empire State, but also um, certainly since you've been there, what have you been involved in? And then we'll get into some really cool stuff about um, how we're working together to support the autism community. Sounds good. Um, so it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm an educational psychologist by training. I got my PhD at um, the University of Albany, and I was a faculty member um, teaching teachers, basically, an educational psychologist <laughs> teaching teachers about the psychology of teaching and learning. Um, and then I joined Empire State College back in 2015 as the associate dean of the School for Graduate Studies. And then I, um, the next year, became the interim dean of the School for Graduate Studies. Eventually, became the permanent dean of the School for Graduate <laughs> Studies. And um, then I became officer in charge, which is funny SUNY language for acting president um, this past December. And uh, kind of my whole career has always been about teaching and learning and helping people learn and um, you know, I've kind of continued that at Empire State College and it kind of laid the foundation for, I think we'll spend most of our time talking about today, which is about uh, the Center for Autism Inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I do. Um, I can relate to the acronyms in the language um, working in the field that I work in at Anderson Center for Autism and, and being in the world of OPWDD and um, pretty much whenever you, you start working here, you get handed a list of, um, of uh, acronyms. Um, which you never quite memorize. But uh, so we may not have that funny language in terms of different titles, but we certainly have probably more acronyms than almost any anyone else. Um, so anyway, but it's been a real pleasure getting to know you, Nathan. And um, definitely we should talk about the Center for Autism Inclusivity. But before we go there, I would love to just know if in your experience as an educational psychologist and, and then teaching teachers about the psychology of education and teaching, which is a lot of, <laughs> love that. Um, you know, if you were uh, introduced to anyone on the autism spectrum early on in your career or, or personally, where you've sort of carried this interest and this focus um, into now what you're, what you're doing um, now and into the future. Yeah, it probably started before I could walk. My mother's an occupational therapist and she actually had her own practice. And so I mm -hmm. kind of grew up in the office. And so um, obviously worked with you know, a variety of, of clients from all different backgrounds, but I got to know folks with autism, with other developmental disabilities, like as, as early as I can remember mm -hmm. um, in my life. And so I think that kind of just shaped um, my interests and kind of my, my eventual decision to go into education psychology and understand um, people's learning differences and how to help different people learn and how we can best design learning environments for that. And then I think as I became a teacher, um, at the college level, um, I had you know a variety of students, and um, I definitely had several students who were on the spectrum who um, were really successful in classes, but also in advising them and meeting with them. I got to learn more about the challenges they faced kind of in the overall college environment and some of their other classes and kind of faculty not understanding um, some of their unique 
challenges and differences or needs that they have and, and not necessarily designing the educational environment in ways that that's helpful for them. And so I think that just kind of helped as I progressed and then moved into my roles at Empire and started to, um, you know, have the opportunity to get into different things and then getting to meet all of you at the Anderson Center and see like, oh, wow, like, you know, there's a real opportunity here where we can really help the students that I had the experience with when I was a faculty member. Great. I love it when things come start to come full circle. It, it helps one feel that their career and trajectory is all making sense. Um, so, uh, and the impact is going to be is going to be real. And we're very excited about the partnership. So let's jump into that. Several years back, Anderson and SUNY Empire State College signed a memorandum of agreement or understanding MOU MOA whatever the uh, that acronym was. Um, and and it was exciting. Uh, and we have a lot of crossovers. Our CEO is a graduate of an alum of, of SUNY Empire State College. Um, I think one of the things that really stood out for me was, was you know, your college is so perfectly set up to already be focused on accessibility for so many people to get those college degrees. Um, and then there was this interest in developing a program, I think specifically to reach people with autism who were looking for that kind of opportunity, who maybe otherwise weren't too successful. Um, you know, there's a lot going on on college campuses. And uh, for, for a lot of people, on the spectrum while they could probably handle the academics um it was a lot of other stuff that would often uh leave them feeling without support and maybe just overwhelmed so um why don't you take it wherever you want to go i'll just pepper you with questions as we go along but but let's you know hear about the center for autism inclusivity what the what the goal is um and and how you see the beginnings of this uh going so far yeah great. i mean i think the empire and really started with the visual president at the time Marty hancock and then myself as kind of the academic lead on it of like you said that we think we have an educational model that has this flexibility mm -hmm. has individualization has opportunities to stay online or one-on-one -on -one or in small groups that was really adaptable in a way that would would be supportive for individuals with autism and so um it started there and kind of our general mission at empire state college is to provide access to those who wouldn't otherwise have access so if those two things don't go together, I don't know what does. We're like, well, this is a, a, you know, these are folks out here who need access, who could be benefiting from our model. This is something we should do. And so at, in talking with, with all of Anderson and kind of development of our partnership, we've finally um, solidified kind of this idea of the Center for Autism Inclusivity. And the mm -hmm. goals really are, are multifold. And I think it's really ambitious and that we want to support individuals with autism. We want to get a post-secondary education, come to us to get a college degree. But we also want to support workforce development because we know that that's one of the challenges is finding good professionals to work with individuals with autism and yes. provide them with a, with a pipeline, a pathway, you know, into to different careers because yes. those direct support roles can, can be challenging. They, you know, they, you know, and sometimes you might need a, a shift into a different role where you want to expand what you do to help support people. So um, we saw that as a big need. We wanted to do that. We also want to do research that's really applied. There are a lot of centers out there that do a lot of the basic research, try to understand the causes, kind of the medical treatments mm -hmm. for autism. We were all into, when we saw a real space and wanted to focus on things that have direct impact in the real world. Mm -hmm. How can we work on applied things that people can implement, professionals, families, individuals autism today in their mm -hmm. lives. And the last thing um, is really focusing on information and outreach to communities. One of the things we've heard as we kind of reached out and talked to stakeholders across the state, um, families, individuals, was the need for information. And I know you guys know this as well, that, you know, getting good high quality information um, out there to the people who need it, it's a challenge. So we wanted to also um, help be part of that solution as well. And so those are kind of the broad goals of the center. And right. I think that, you know, in the, in 
the area of trying to support individuals. Um, our director, Dr. Noor Syed, I know you know, yes. really well, is fantastic. I can't say enough. Wonderful person. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone loves Noor. Uh, she's, she's just fantastic. She's an expert, super knowledgeable, but also very humble, very collaborative, which I think is great when you're forming mm-hmm. this kind of center that, you know, it's not the university knows all the answers and we're coming to people. Yeah, actually, if I could just interject there on, on Noor Syed, she, um, I've done a couple of virtual meetings with her um, in the last year, year plus. And uh, one of the things that I I watched her do that I thought was just a perfect example of the way so many people describe her is that she wanted to um, get some feedback directly from both siblings and parents of people with autism as she was working on the curriculum for for these courses and and thinking about how to approach an issue that I think in the applied behavior analysis world is a really big issue, which is it, it, it hasn't always had the best reputation. Some people really look at ABA as an extremely clinical, sometimes maybe even cold approach, um, not necessarily person-centered. So I, I helped her put together a group of, of folks who could um, answer some questions and just also help her sort of expand you know, her, her her understanding of where people were coming from. And mostly it was a discussion about what was it like, you know, when you were having therapists coming into your home, maybe before you came to it, you know, had your child play somewhere, uh, whether Anderson or someplace else. And, oh, she, she was just, um, her questions were spot on and she has this way of really getting people to talk to her um, and share their experiences. And I just wanted to re- recognize that the fact that you're having the chance to have her lead this, this center, um, to me, in the role that I, you know, in the various roles I've had at Anderson, I think is going to be just a huge hit it right on the, you know, right on the head because bringing some compassion into that work and teaching the next generation of people who are going to be doing that work how to bring compassion into it as well as expertise and skill is just such a beautiful combination. So I had to go off on that little tangent, but um, it just makes me really excited about and about this model that I think is, is unique. Yeah, and I think you mentioned their applied behavior analysis. I think that's the other piece. And yeah. one of the main reasons that we hired Norris as a director, she um, is an applied behavior analyst. And our first kind of academic degree program on the from the workforce development side is a master's of science in applied behavior analysis. It's mm-hmm. currently under um, review by the state education department. So we're getting close to getting approval for that. But her approach and bringing in this kind of humble perspective, this perspective of person-centeredness of you know, it was such a breath of fresh air in terms yeah. of the reputation of applied behavior analysis. And she, I think, approaches it in such a great way and mm-hmm. such a person-centered way that that's what we wanted to, to do in the program. And so it's it's brought a lot to it. And I think it's going to change a lot of people's minds about what applied behavior analysis is and can do and hopefully we can be the part of the change. So, yeah, so exciting. That's awesome. Um, um, I told you it was going to go fast. So we're already done with our first half of the interview. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, though, I'm going to just ask you to keep going with sort of the movement of all the different initiatives um, and, and how it's going. And then we'll we'll definitely throw in how people can get more information and sort of timeframes of, of um, you know, when, when people can access all of this. So uh, this is one in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. The 1,200,000 women and men of Rotary have accomplished extraordinary things. They've taught millions of people to read, worked toward world peace, and have nearly eradicated a crippling childhood disease from the face of the planet. But each of those 1,200,000 women and men know they could accomplish so much more if only they were 1,200,000 and one. Find out what an impact one person can make Learn about Rotary at Rotary.org. 
and now 1 in 54 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Nathan Gagne, who is the officer in charge. Did I get it right? Okay. Officer in charge, otherwise known as acting president of SUNY Empire State College. Um, and we've been talking about this really exciting um, both partnership between Anderson and SUNY Empire State College, but also the emergence of the Center for Autism Inclusivity, which has um, at least three or four, maybe more sort of lofty, but really exciting um, goals that are going to provide a lot of positive impact for both emerging professionals, students, individuals with autism, families uh, raising children with autism, the whole field, I think, is going to is going to uh, benefit from this work. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Nathan, to keep talking about the center and uh, and, you know, what's next or, or where are we? <laughs> Yeah, I'll start with how we're going to help support students who want to come and get an education at SUNY Empire now. Great. I think that's a really exciting piece. Um, our director, who we talked about earlier, Dr. Nora Syed, has been working with um, you all at Anderson Center uh, to help move us towards what is, is going to be called in the designation of being an autism supportive college. And so mm-hmm. we've been working on a plan to help educate our faculty and staff to help look at our processes, look at our procedures within the college, try to make them supportive of all individuals, but especially those who are neurodiverse. And over the past year, she's done a lot of outreach, as we've talked about before, inside the college to get temperature, build um, support for it among our faculty and staff. That's obviously really important when you do this kind of work that I can say it as acting president, but it won't happen unless we get that buy-in. Um, but also to reach out to the community, which we mm-hmm. talked about before. I think one of the exciting things is she's uh, created a advisory group that includes all these different stakeholders, including an, an autistic self-advocate, including a parent, you know, including um, all of these different groups that can tell us from their perspective, is what we're doing gonna be supportive and, and kind of give us uh, a good check that we're not just doing this based on what we think in higher ed or we think from the academy, but really what's gonna impact people's, people's experiences. Um, and so that training is going on now. And so in the fall, we're hoping that students who apply start to come to us, they're gonna start interacting with staff at the college. You've gone through the training of a kind of a base level of understanding about autism and neurodiversity mm-hmm. um, and, and things that can be supportive. We're also building um, a peer mentorship program that we hope mm-hmm. to uh, launch later in the year um, that will uh, have students or alumni who have autism, um, who have been through the college or at the college, help guide new students and kind of get them integrated and be able to answer their questions from kind of that peer perspective mm-hmm. and help guide them to um, resources that they need. That's um, great. I think mentorship is is an important piece. Um, and and I've heard various models, uh, just mostly through this podcast of interviewing other um, people who who you know care about this issue of of sort of how to how to help people on the spectrum become more consistently successful going all the way through the college experience. And there's there's models where it's sort of like, well, we have support groups, and then those same people have told told me a year later, nobody came to our support groups. It was just like too overwhelming to come to a group. So I love the idea of of, of a one on one opportunity. It may it may be. Um, 
I don't know, just a more comfortable way to, to uh, access that kind of support. So I just wanted to say that. That's great. Yeah. And really support, one other thing we want to do is we want to create kind of tier levels of support and not make the entry level of support necessary on people self-identifying. Because sometimes folks right, right. It's another big thing. Mm-hmm. Know that you know that I'm on the spectrum. They they don't want to disclose that. They don't know what the reaction would be. They're worried about it. So we're trying through um, the website uh, of the center, which is um, www.esc.edu/autism. Okay. So on, on that site, that's that's where going to be our home base um, for all services of the center, and that will provide links and resources that anyone can access. So if they're gonna be helpful, and we hope they're helpful for all students, not just students with autism but that you can get that level of access without any disclosure. And then obviously like you do have to raise your hand if you'd like a mentor because we can't, can't give you pre mentor unless you let us know. And there'll be other things, more enhanced things we'll be able to do for folks if they want to self-disclose, but if they don't we'll at least have some resources there and we'll have all staff trained so that they'll be interacting in way that's hopefully supportive. Um, even if a student hasn't, hasn't disclosed. Okay. So if, so if I'm on that site, which is ESC, ESC, dot edu slash autism and i am a person who's just interested in seeing what the services are maybe i i don't have a diagnosis of autism or i um but i like the idea of a peer mentor can i raise my hand that's a good question <laughs> you can always raise your hand and ask for a peer mentor yeah. um you know we have other mentorship programs so i'll probably try if, if you're somebody who, who would like a different type of mentor okay. to match up with those kind of mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, this one will be a little bit focused, you know, well, obviously we're designing a specific mentorship program for that. We have other mentorship programs. out. Gotcha. Like Just figured I would ask the question. I like to throw a little curveball every once in a while, Nathan. Um, so, okay. That's really great to know. And it's really nice that the, uh, that the uh, information is on the web. I have a question about um, students. I think you have the ability to, or students have the ability to both either come on campus and learn on campus or, do everything online. Is that correct? That's yep. one of the things I love about the general model of SUNY Empire State College. And I think it fits so beautifully with, with this access piece. So what is your expectation or your hope? Are you, are you hoping for kind of a mix of, of that? Or what do you, have you heard any feedback about what you think people will be most interested in? Yeah, I mean, we've heard a mix. I mean, we have some people who are very excited in the online experience and they feel like that's going to be most comfortable for them. And mm-hmm. you can do everything that, that we do online. Um, and then, we have some folks who have been interested in face-to-face, specifically our independent study model. So okay. face-to-face, unlike most colleges where most of their face-to-face is done in large class settings, 20, 30 students, sometimes more mm-hmm. in a classroom, um, we're pretty split and actually lean more heavily towards independent studies, which is one-on-one meetings with a faculty member um, where you're kind of working with them one-on-one to go through the curriculum for the, the courses. And so that model has been very appealing for folks because they get to the one-on-one, they get to work directly with a faculty member, but you don't have to necessarily deal with the, the campus environment with a lot of other students around, a lot of different activities going on and, and situations they might feel less comfortable in. Um, you go to one of our centers, you go meet with somebody one-on-one, and those interactions happen face-to-face frequently, but they can also happen a mix of face-to-face and virtually as well. I, I think the flexibility is is a huge piece of what hopefully is going to make this incredibly successful. Um, you know, I hear often that, that you know, well, I'm creating and I'm not naming names or anything, but just, you know, the idea that I'm creating a model for people with autism and it's going to work for everybody. And, and I think what it's, it's a great step in the right direction because look, you're thinking about it. We're as a society, I think there's more awareness, which is leading to more acceptance and, and a better understanding. However, what that type of model 
forgets is that everybody is still an individual learner. And you as an educational psychologist, I mean, you, you know that better than most, right? That that you can create any classroom model um, that's going to work for a portion of the people who were in that classroom. Um, and so I like this, that there's so much flexibility and choice. Is there also going to be the ability to move during the course of a year, sort of move, you know, let's say, let's say initially there's really, I, I'm an incoming student and I have no real in, interest in an, in an independent study, but, you know, a few months in, I start to feel more comfortable. I say, I want to try this out. It can, can students sort of work their schedules to, to accommodate that? Yeah. I mean, those are like course by course level decisions. So you Great. can make a decision for each one of those. Now, um, when you get down to like the study group method, which is the third method we haven't talked about, where we do have more traditional classes, but yep. they tend to be smaller, usually, you know, max out at 20 students, but frequently they're around 10 students, okay. so much smaller. Like those, depending on where you are in the state, um, near one of our 18 locations, like they may or may not have a specific class you want, but definitely between the online and the independent study, at the undergraduate level, you can basically pick, you know, whichever mode you want on a course by course, depending on, you know, what's offered that term. Great. I love this. So again, I, th I think people should visit esc.edu slash autism. Do you want to give the, the over um, the general website as well, just so people can can check out everything and all your locations and all of that? Yeah. I mean, the general website is just www.esc.edu. There you go. Wow. So a lot of interesting titles for faculty and, and for administrators, but the website, thankfully, we keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the one area we keep simple. <laughs> All right. So we have a, just a few more minutes left in, in the uh, discussion. Nathan, do you want to talk about anything else when it comes to the other outside of the um, the uh, the opportunities for students to come and, and get their education? Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, the, the partnership with Anderson, obviously, is, is informing a lot of this in, in different ways. But what else? What are some other highlights or things coming soon? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a, a bunch of exciting things coming soon. I, I think partnerships is a big area. Obviously, Anderson is our, our founding partnership, is our big partnership. We're doing a lot of great work together, um, looking at ways that we can help support individuals just all the way through the pipeline from, mm -hmm. from their P-12 experience into higher ed and into careers. And I think um, Nora, I know, has been working for, with folks at Anderson and some other partners around how do we support people into the career phase? And I think that's gonna be exciting that we're gonna be rolling out a little later as students move through is helping folks get to that stage and, and get off and be successful in careers. So I think that's a piece that often can be challenging and that, um, that we're really excited about building into the program itself. Great, we are too. What else? <laughs> also, I wanna give you as much chance as I can. <laughs> on the research side, yeah. I think you know um, we're forming some international partnerships to really look at autism across the world and kind of do is what we're finding here in research in the United States also applicable and how can we help push out information and resources and education to the rest of the world because even though we have a long way to go in the United States there's a lot longer way to go in a lot of the rest of the world where they don't necessarily have a you know applied behavior analysis or other like special education programs and things like that to teach professionals how to support individuals with you know a range of um, differences and, and so we're trying to be part of that movement as well. And so we have um, some collaborations that we're working on right now that I think in the next couple of years, we'll be rolling out some research findings from which we're really exciting. Well, you are uh, doing a lot. Um, I think, you know, we are very pleased and and, and um, excited about the partnership that we have with you. I think, you know, we see eye to eye on so many things in terms of exactly what you said before, where the gaps are, where the long-term gaps are probably going to be, and what this type of model can really accomplish between a 
well-known and, and long-standing service provider with expertise in this particular area with this particular population combined with um, a, a college that is has been so focused on accessibility for so many um, for so long. So it's really just a beautiful partnership and we're excited. I really appreciate Nathan you coming on the show today to talk about it. Um, this is uh, Nathan Gagne. Uh, I'm sorry, Nathan Gagne, officer in charge. I'm going to get it wrong every time (laughs) at SUNY Empire State College. Um, Again, the overall website for the college is uh, www.esc.edu. And if you want more information specifically about the Center for Autism Inclusivity and the autism uh, supportive uh, aspects of of becoming a student there in the fall, potentially of 2021, check out esc.edu slash autism. Nathan, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This is One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 